0: Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Feeling good? Man, if we haven't met yet, my name is Trustin. I get to be the pastor of Moore Church in Arlington, Texas. And uh, I've been with you guys now. This is my third time on a Sunday morning. So, man, I feel like I'm home. What's up? I feel like I'm home here in Lufkin. You guys are family now. And uh, speaking of family, I have my family with me this time. I have my beautiful wife with me. Come on, baby. Stand up. Show Show them what blessing is. The Lord blessed me with the most beautiful woman Love her so much. Rachel is hanging out with me uh, this morning. And my kids, both our kids, they are in your kids' church. So I'm sorry to any of you that are volunteering in the second service, because my son Titus will say, I already learned this in the first service. I already know he's going to say it. So here's my kids. Uh, there they are. That's on Easter. But this is what we normally look like. This is a little better uh, representation. There it is. That's, that's, <laughs> that's more our vibe. Man, uh, we're so glad to be hanging out with you guys Uh, this weekend in Lufkin, Texas. You know, we're getting to learn Lufkin. Rachel and I, I showed her the ropes because I've been here a couple times. Every time I come in, I hit Skyline Burrito. What's up, any burrito people? Okay, I hit Skyline Burrito. I know that Pastor Cameron, he's about to take me to fish camp. Is that what it's called, fish camp? That's where he took me last time. What's the first New? Yeah, 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 that place, yeah. And so I know that, right? And then whenever I come in, I go get a workout in at the Live Well Athletic Club. Come on, somebody, gotta, you know. Okay, we got some members, sorry if you saw me in the pool there yesterday, just erase that from your memory, and uh, man, I love being in town hanging out with you guys, but really because you have such an incredible team here at this church. Will you put your hands together for your staff, for your team? You know, Rachel and I uh, have been good friends with Pastor Cameron and Kelsey for years, for decades, y'all. For a long time, love God, love this church, so honored to be here serving them. And then Pastor Justin and Whitney, come on, put your hands together. We've been knowing these two for a minute. We were, the first time we came in town... Cameron, I think his car died. Was it Cameron's car? Somebody's car died, and his car died at my Airbnb, and it was like, I couldn't get out. There was a block in the driveway. Justin swooped in in his big old truck, and he just looked at the car, and he was like, "Ah!" and the car just started. He got scared to death, and so these dudes, they love you. They serve you. You have an incredible team, and then for sure, for sure, Pastor Jeremy and Janet, goodness gracious. You guys have top shelf pastors here, I'm telling you. You have an incredible team. God's doing a great thing here in this city. Um, how many of you were here last time that I was able to preach for you? You are here last time? Well, good, I'm glad to see you again. Thanks for not, not coming when you found out that I was preaching, glad that you're here. You know, when I was here last, um, I preached a message called Get Off the Throne. Get off the throne. And I talked about the idea that sometimes in life we try to assert ourselves as the primary leader of our own lives, that we want to sit on the throne of our own life. And so I had a big throne up here that may or may have not been rented for a couple quinceañeras in town, right? And so I talked about how we position ourselves in the seat of power, and I preached out of Psalms 103, verse 19, it says this, the Lord, that's God has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all his kingdom rules over all things. And in that season, um, God was teaching me a lesson. He was teaching me a lesson that I needed to get off of his throne. I needed to take my power off of the throne and trust his power. I needed to take my plan off of his throne and trust his plan. I had to remove my preference from his throne and trust what he had for me. And, uh, and man, can I just tell you, when I came and preached here last time, I was stressed the junk out. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Have you ever, okay, one honest person. Anybody, ever been there, you've been stressed out, worried, overwhelmed, like don't know what to do? I had all these things happening in life and I didn't know how they were gonna work out. Um, our church, more church, had grown. We were doing four Sunday services, 8, 30, 10, 11, 30, and 1. I was preaching on all of those, about to die. About to, about to straight die trying to do all that. And so we bought land and we're planning to build, but God called us to go back to set up and tear down. So we rented a big auditorium that every Sunday we would do set up and tear down there, and we would send our kids into the cafeteria and into gymnasiums, and we had four 40-foot-long trailers that we would unload every week. It was a beat down. It was a beat down. And I didn't know what to do about what was next and the city of, that we uh, pastor in came to us and they wanted to trade our land for some other land and, you know, politicians do what politicians do. Sorry if you're a politician, you better be praying, right? And so they, they kind of yanked us around a little bit and our plans that we thought were our plans, they just started to dissipate in front of us and I was exhausted our church needed a place to meet. We were growing, but we didn't have a place to move. And, uh, and so I went back this week and I watched the message that I preached to you. And I wanted to show you a really quick clip of kind of where I was last time I was here. And so church, I came to Lufkin to help you just learn the right posture. We spend so much time looking at the wrong things trying to be powerful but if we could just really sit at the feet of God and say hey God I trust you with whatever you're doing back here would have a lot less stress and would get to a better destination that he has for us I don't know what he's doing at Moore Church with a building I don't know we need a building we need something but do you know what for the first time I'm off the throne For the first time, I'm not in control, and he's going to figure it out. And I can't wait to come back and tell you what he does. Well, I'm back, and I'm about to tell you what he did. We, We didn't have an answer. I had exhausted all of my options. But since last time we were here, we bought a building. Come on, somebody. God made a way for us where there was no way. We looked and worked, and God provided for us a 45,000-square-foot building. I think we have some pictures of it. 45,000-square-feet of our own space, great lobby, huge lobby, uh, great auditorium, seats 700 people in one service. So exciting. And you know how? Because I got off the throne. Because I quit thinking that I was the one who had to deadlift all the problems in my life and just trust that God was going to work it out on my behalf. You know, I had been looking for the next answer of the dilemma for three years, working hard to find an answer for three years. I'm telling you, we established a real estate team of men and women in our church. I was going and touring things constantly. I was setting up meetings with pastors I had never met and tried to buy their building, even though it wasn't for sale. I flew to California to shove myself in an office to get a meeting with a guy who owned Fry's, his big electronics company. I basically lied to try to get a meeting with Sears to try to buy a, not basically, I lied, my wife, yeah, I'm gonna be honest, to try to get this meeting, I'm not a pastor, you know, to try to buy this building at Sears. I, I'm telling you the truth, y'all, do y'all have a Big Lots around here? There's a Big Lots in our area. I'm like, they're not selling nothing out of there. Are they busy? I'm telling you, <laughs> I became Facebook friends with the CEO's wife. Facebook friends with his wife. Hello, ma'am. My name is Trust. I'm a pastor. I would love to have a meeting with your husband because like emails and stuff. I'm telling you, I did everything in my power to try to figure this problem in my life out, and I could not figure it out. But the minute I got off the throne, God came in and he made a way where there was no way, and he provided an answer that I couldn't have figured out. So maybe you heard me preach last time, but you've still been sliding a cheek onto the throne trying to be in charge of that issue. You just got to trust God. Uh, back in March, we as a staff team had a really busy weekend. You know, sometimes as staff, the weekend is busy. There's an event on Friday night, there's an event on Saturday, there's service on Sunday. And so we're just beat down from the weekend. And so I gave the team Monday morning off and I said, let's just meet at one of our favorite lunch spots. So we all got lunch on Monday and while we're driving back, into our city, um, I noticed that this building, the sign had been taken down from the front of the building. And you ever get that quickening in your spirit? You don't always need an audible voice from the Lord for him to speak to you, just a quickening sometimes. It's like, wait a second. And so we went and knocked on the doors. Knock, 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 on heaven's door, right? Can't put a big cassette tape and not think I'm gonna be singing all morning. And so, so we knocked on the door and God made a way for us. The building was originally a gym, Come on, you can clap that up. I love it. God made a way. It was originally a gym uh, that had been bought by another church, and that church had grown and then had some issues and leadership problems and, and so there were two churches that were kind of in co ownership and The two churches were just trying to pay the bills and keep it together and Those two churches were praying for an answer just like I was praying for an answer. One of those churches wanted to move more into Fort Worth, where most of their people were coming from and The other church wanted to own a smaller building that they could afford. And the whole time that I had been praying, I was praying, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Little did I know that God wanted to use me to bless somebody else. Sometimes the way that the answer to your prayer happens is you being willing to bless somebody else. And so the same day of closing, we not only bought a building, but we sold our building to one of these other churches and they were blessed. And the other church walked away with cash to close on their future building. Can I tell you that God is able to bless unilaterally. God blesses us unilaterally. In our mindset, we think that for me to be blessed, somebody else has to get put down. Like if you're going buying a car, Right, you're going to buy a car, you see something on Facebook Marketplace, you're like, oh, I'm about, to, I'm about to get this dude. I'm about to tell him his oil's leaking, his transmission's slipping, I think there's rust up under the... We think that we have to put somebody down so that we can walk away blessed. But I think the Bible says something about how God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that he is our provider. And so I don't know what you're going through, but God can bless you and them and make a way for you that you couldn't expect. Come on, clap it up for the Lord. God has made a way for us. And so I just wanted to share it with you. Um, When it's God's plan, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Turn to your neighbor, tell them anything is possible. All right, now turn to that neighbor you decided to ignore and not pick for whatever reason. Turn to them. Anything is possible. No matter what you're facing this summer in 100 million degrees, anything is possible in your life because our God is has a plan. Jesus said that in Matthew nine twenty four. Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything in your life, in your story, dilemma, drama, difficulty, anything is possible if a person believes. And I got to tell you, last time I came here to preach, I felt hopeless. I, I felt like there was no way that it could work out. I felt like there was no answer for us and that I had led the church down this path that was going to lead to our demise. I didn't know if I had the energy to finish the calling. I, I felt like I was at the end of my rope. Maybe you feel that way today. Maybe there's something going on in your life that feels bigger than you. Maybe you have a circumstance that you don't know how to deal with. Well, I left Arlington, Texas and came to Lufkin to tell you one thing. Dream on, dream on, come on. Dream on, dream until your dream comes true. Don't lose your dream. Don't lose the vision. Don't lose the belief that God has something for you. What's that thing that you need to dream about again? What do you need to dream for again? What's that dream you had 10 years ago or 20 years ago that the circumstances and the difficulty of life had got it all dusty and shoved in a corner and half forgotten about? I came to tell you to dream on. Maybe for you, um, it's a peaceful marriage. Like, man, we've been fighting about the same thing since 1973, right? There's a, a funk that has settled in. Have you ever felt that? Rachel and I have like a dark cloud. It's just like existing over our home. Dream on. Dream on that God has something great for your marriage. Maybe it has to do with one of your kids. You brought them in here every Sunday or every Wednesday, and now they've went a different direction and you think it's hopeless. Dream on, believe that anything is possible. Believe that if God is on your side, y'all are the majority. Maybe it's for your business. I know COVID happened. I know. I know that employees are harder to find. I know. I know that people are the worst. I know that numbers might be down, but hey, dream on again. Dream on that God has something great for you. I know you want to get out of debt. I know. And every month, it feels that like you got more month than you have money. Dream on again. I know you want to lose some weight. Come on, somebody. Let's just be honest up in here. I know you tried You did the keto, and you did the uh, little bars made of chemicals, and you did the shakes, and you did everything. Y'all laughing because you bought some, right? And so I know, dream on again. Dream on that God is with you. Don't lose your dreams. Don't lose the things that God's put in your heart. I feel like I have a prophetic word for you this morning that was uttered by Stephen Tyler and about to be explained by me. Dream on don't lose your dream that God has. Dream until the dream comes true. Galatians 6, 9, y'all know it. It says, do not become weary, worn out, beat up. Do not become weary in doing good and being faithful. Why? For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Everyone say if, if you don't give up, if you don't give up, if you don't, throw in the cards if you don't say, I can't do it. Did you know that the devil, uh, that the devil, (laughs) that he wants to steal, to kill and destroy your life, the devil, he wants to steal your dream. He wants to kill your faith. He wants to destroy the belief that anything is possible with God. Dream on. Don't let the devil steal the dream that God put in your heart. Dream on. Dream on, dream it again, believe it again. When Pastor Jeremy talked to me about this series and I saw the cassette tape as the logo, I was like, oh man, I had so many options. I thought I could do dream on. I thought I could come and say, don't stop believing. Come on, I can't, can't, that's as far as I can go, you know. Don't stop believing. Don't, and I know it's a different song genre, but it will still preach. Don't stop believing that God is with you. And I believe I can fly. Now, R. Kelly is a different story. It's a different situation, but he had one great theology point in his life, right? And he said, I believe I can, I believe I can touch the sky. He said, if I can see it, then I can be it. You have to see yourself in the dream that God's called you to. He has something great for you, but you have to remember it. And if I'm going to be honest, for the last three years, as we didn't have a building and we were struggling and scraping through COVID to figure out what God had. I had to fight to keep my dream. I had to fight to keep on believing. Rachel and I in our marriage, we've had seasons where we've had to fight to believe in each other. Fight to believe that we were going to get past that funk that had settled over our home. You have to fight to hold on to your dream. I've been singing that Steven Tyler song for the last three years, and when when I hear it, it's almost like I hear the angels come out of heaven and sing it over me. They're saying, trust and dream on. And I sing it every time, and I miss the note every single time at the end of the song. But we have to believe that God still has something for us. You know, the most famous dreamer, in the Bible has got to be Joseph. Y'all know Joseph? Joseph, he had a dream. He had a dream. Remember his dad came out and gave him this technicolor dream coat. And then his dad foolishly tells all of his brothers that he's the favorite. So that doesn't go well. Parents, not a good idea, right? And so, and so he gets this new coat and he has this dream in his life. He gets a dream for himself, a dream for his future. And, uh, that God has more for him. And it says this in Genesis chapter 37, verse five, it says, Joseph had a dream. Genesis 37, 35, Joseph, he had a dream. That's it. Just not even a full sentence. Nope. That's, that's the next one. He had a dream. He had a dream at the beginning that God had more. He had a dream that didn't even make any sense when he first got it. Do you have a dream? We hate awkward silences, but I love them because it makes us think. Do you, do you have a dream about what God has for you? After he gets this dream, y'all remember what happened. All hell broke loose in his life. His brothers get mad and they take his coat, they throw him to a pit, and they lie to his dad that he's been killed, and then they sell him into slavery, and then he goes and gets a job working for some dude who has a freaky cougar wife, and so... She's trying to get all freaky with him. And, you know, he's like, no, lady, I'm I'm not interested in whatever you're trying to do over here. And so, you know, he's been abused on the workplace. And so she takes his coat and he runs out in the street and then they take him, they throw him in prison and then he's in prison. He's like doing a good job in there. And then some friends forget him in there and he's in there for a couple more years and he's forgotten about. And finally, 13 years later, don't we get mad after like three weeks of God not answering a prayer? I do. 13 years later, the dream comes to pass. 13 years later, here comes his brothers, and this moment that he dreamt of of being able to lead them and provide for them, it comes to pass. And it says five chapters later, it's 13 years, but five chapters later in Genesis 42, it says Joseph remembered the dreams he had dreamt. He remembered the dreams he had dreamt in the past. He lost two coats but didn't lose his dream. He had been thrown in a pit in a prison, but he didn't lose his dream. He'd been lied about and cheated on and beat up, but he didn't lose his dream. Dream on. I know you got thrown in a pit, dream on. I know you've been locked up in a prison for a reason, dream on. I know somebody lied about you and you think that you can never get up because of how far they pulled you down, dream on. The devil, wants to steal your dream. He wants to steal your faith. The devil wants to steal the belief that God has more for you. Did you know what I've learned is the devil, he does not attack your AC unit. That's hot in Texas. Somebody, anybody in this room have your AC get all funky this summer? All right, see, she's, she, look, she's like, I'm, I'm a witness right here. The devil does not want to attack your AC unit. He wants to attack your faith. The devil is not attacking the transmission in your car. He's trying to attack your belief that God has something more for you. He wants to distract you with this temporary situation. You know them springs on your garage door? You ever have one of them break? You're already late. Now you can't get out the garage, right? The devil is not after your garage door. He's after your peace. The devil is not trying to ruin your microwave. He's trying to ruin your marriage. Rachel and I, we were in one of those seasons of little funkiness when we just couldn't seem to get on the same page. And I said, hey, baby, we need to have a date night. And we didn't have no money. And so when you need a date night, no this is back in the day, we went to Blockbuster, where all my OGs at. Y'all remember some Blockbuster? <laughs> we went to Blockbuster and rented a DVD. Come on, we're not that old, right? And so we got a DVD. I mean, I know what VHS is, but we got a DVD and so we come home, and we're going to kind of have a date night at the house. And so we, we get the movie put in, and, and, and I'm like, I want to make some popcorn. And so I go and get one of them bags, you know, and unfold it and put it in the right way. And I hit the popcorn button, and I come into the couch. And there's still kind of that little funk that's still kind of we've been arguing a little bit. You don't know what I'm saying. And, like, we just kind of want to push through that. We want to shame the devil. We want to work on our relationship. And all of a sudden, Rachel, she goes, <laughs> It's like, what? I'm like, she's like, no. Do you smoke? something's on fire? And we get up. If I'm lying, I'm dying. And we get up and we run into the kitchen. And our microwave is on fire. Muy fuego. The thing is about to burn the house down. I have to grab it, babe. I'm telling the truth. I have to rip it. It's even one of the little built-in ones, you know. I have to rip it out. There's trim and sheetrock and stuff going everywhere. I have to kick the garage door. It's on fire. Throw it into the garage. He's not after my microwave, he's after my marriage. Because now this moment that we had worked on, it's kind of (laughs) shot. There's no romantic evening about to happen after there's just a fire in our kitchen. The devil is trying to steal the dream, the belief that God has more for you, that he wants to do something great in your life. He's trying to discourage you. The devil, goal is to try to distract you, to get you to believe that the obstacles are too big for you to step into the more that God has. Joseph had to wait 13 years to see his dream. David had to wait 15 years from getting anointed king to becoming king. Abraham waited 25 years. Remember Abraham? Father Abraham? You all remember Father Abraham? 25 years before he saw the seed of becoming a great nation. Jesus waited 30 years. Moses waited 40 years twice to see the dream fulfilled. Noah had to wait 120 years to see the dream fulfilled. If you had a dream that you're waiting on, you're in good company. You're in good company. If you don't understand why that dream hasn't came to pass yet, you're in good company. If you had a dream you're waiting on, there's a good reason. There's a good reason that God is still working on that thing. Can I tell you, his timing is perfect. If I would have knocked on that church building's door four months earlier, it wouldn't have worked. The situation wouldn't have been ready and in my pride and in my strength, I probably would have screwed the whole thing up. But God needed me to sit in that little chair, get some humility in my heart, walk into these pastures that were struggling and not think that I was going to dominate the situation, but that I was going to come along and be a support to the situation. And it blessed heaven because of God's timing. God has something up his sleeve for you. Bible says this in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through whose power, his mighty power, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You're not too old to see your dream happen. You're not too old to see the dream. You're not too broke to see that dream happen. Your situations are not too shattered to see that dream happen. The gap is not too big for that dream to come to pass. If you're waiting for a dream to come to pass, there are two reasons. You're still waiting to see the dream to come to pass, there are two reasons. And they're hard reasons to swallow, well, the second one is. Well, I guess the first one is too, because sometimes you're wondering why. Two reasons. Number one, we're waiting for a dream to come to pass, because number one, he's working out details, and it's simply not time. <laughs> God's simply working out the details on the thing that you've been praying about, and it's just not time. have been praying, God, I wanna get married. It's just not time. God, but my business, why won't it just take that next financial leap? It's just not time. God, with that house, we want to buy a house. We want to get out of the renting game. We want to step. It's, it's just not time. That God's still working out the details. And in the right moment, he's going to set you up. He's going to give you a quickening. That's one reason. Second reason, it's a little harder. Everyone say ouch before I say it. All right. Number two, he's waiting on you to work something out in you. You're waiting for a dream to come to pass. Why? Because God is waiting on you to work out something in you. God either is working for you or waiting on you. And maybe, maybe the reason it took more church so long to get in this next building was all because of me. Maybe God had to get some stuff worked out well. Maybe I had to be obedient to get some stuff worked out in me before he can trust me in the new season he wanted to step me into. Maybe, maybe there's some stuff in your life in your actions and your mouth and your mind and your heart that God's been waiting on you to deal with before he can answer that dream that you have. It's not good feeling, but it's good for your promotion. Proverbs chapter 13, 19, it says this. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. It's pleasant to see dreams come true. He did it. We got a building. It's pleasant. But fools refuse to turn from their evil ways to attain the dream. Many times I've learned that there is a turn in me that has to happen before I can step into the dream that God has given me. What's the turn that you need to take? What's the thing that you need to shift, that you need to work on in your life? Is there a turn? You say, man, I want to get out of debt. I want to get out of debt. I want to get out of debt. But your front porch looks like an Amazon delivery hub. I'll be in church, I'll be in church preaching, and I'll hear my wife's f- phone go off, the little ring, sound, you know the ring doorbell sound goes off? I'll be like, she getting an Amazon package right now, the devil is a lie, what is happening, right? <laughs> I'm saying sometimes if we wanna get our finances in order, we gotta get our finances in order. God, give me more money, and God's like, be responsible with the money I gave you, dog. <laughs> we, sometimes we have to make a turn. We say, "I want to get healthy, God. I want to get healthy. I want to get healthy," but I keep buying them Skyline burritos, right? And so, I want to. Y'all know, y'all know that 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 you've got a whole shelf in your kitchen full of vitamins you haven't taken. Y'all know you're laughing because you know it's true. You wouldn't bought all the vitamin D and vitamin C. Y'all, I see wives elbowing their husbands right now. Don't just buy the vitamins. Take the husband, take the vitamins. Y'all know you got the, the smoothies and the protein powder and the shakes. Y'all know you got the treadmill with some clothes hanging on it, right? I, if we could save all that money, we could pay off the Nacogdoches campus. Come on now. Like we have to make a turn. We have to make a change to step into the dream that God's given us. I, I want my marriage to be healthy, but I won't say I'm sorry. We have to be willing to make the turn. We have to be willing to make the change. I wanna start a business, but I also am playing video games till three in the morning. I'm saying like, we have to put something down sometimes to pick something up so we can step into the dream that we have. Maybe you're thinking, well, pastor, I don't have a dream. Maybe you're there and if I gave you the mic, you would not only like poop your pants, but you also wouldn't have a dream to say. You know, like you, you don't have a dream. For me, I grew up in a home and my parents told me that I could be um, the president, an astronaut, a monster truck driver, and in the WWF. I could do all of these things at the same time. And so dreaming for me was easy. I was brought up in a place that was easy to dream, but maybe you weren't. Maybe you were brought up in a place that no dreams were permitted, or there wasn't a season of safety that allowed you to dream. Well, it's time to get one. It's time to get a dream. It's time to get those ideas in your heart. So how do you get a dream? How? How? How do you get a dream? A God dream. I'm not talking about like a, a, you know, counting sheep and all the Zs and tempur mattresses you know I'm not talking about zero gravity I'm not talking about you know REM sleep I'm talking about how do you get a God dream well maybe your God dream starts when you get into God's presence you quit daydreaming and start God dreaming I don't know about you but sometimes I can come to church and I can find myself daydreaming you ever been there The great thing about having a guest speaker is that I'm new. You don't know me. You don't know my stories. I'm wearing this crazy shirt my wife picked out. I'm like, I don't know. And so I can keep your attention. But, you know, when Pastor Jeremy is four weeks into a series and you're like, I know him. I heard that joke three years ago. You know, what happens is I'm saying it because it happens at our church. I'm saying what can happen is you can start to daydream. Hmm. What's for lunch? I need, to, I need to mow the backyard. I need to oil change. You know? And in these God moments where he wants to speak to you about your future, we can start to daydream. During worship moments, instead of really engaging and saying, God, I want to hear from you, we're like, eh, I don't really like this song, so I'm just going to daydream. We can get into devotional times. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to read my Bible every day, right? And so you open it up, and you're kind of, have you ever just like, I don't know what the junk I just read. (laughs) You read like, what is, we daydream, we daydream. We spend some time in prayer, but we're just really writing our shopping list. To get a God dream, you have to move beyond daydreaming and really focus on receiving what the Lord is saying to you. Push beyond the daydream and receive your God dream. So here's what I would do if I were you. I would take some time this week to get alone with God. What I would do is I would, go to, uh, I would go to Skyline Burrito, which, by the way, if the owner is here, you owe me a gift card or something, because I'm like pumping that stuff. Watch, they're like a devil worshiper or something, I don't even know it, and so. <laughs> I would go to a restaurant, I'd go somewhere by myself that my kids aren't gonna be driving me crazy, nobody that works for me is gonna be asking me a question, and I got these big old obnoxious noise-canceling headphones. And I would put on my obnoxious noise-canceling headphones, and I would sit down at a table, and I would open a journal, alone. And I'd say, God, what's the dream you have for my life? Then I would just sit there for a minute. We're really good at talking to God, but we're really bad at listening to him. Sometimes one of the greatest tools in my prayer life is I lay down on the floor in our spare bedroom. And I close the door with my journal and I just lay down on the floor and I just say, God, I just I just need to hear from you. And I, I put myself in a posture of submission, in a position of no power. We're not good with quiet, you know? We're not good, it makes us uneasy. It makes us nervous. But if we don't ever get into God's presence and just be real quiet for a minute, how's he gonna speak to us? God's not always in the thunder and the earthquake and the fire. Sometimes he's in the soft, small whisper. is where he wants to talk to us. Now I have to do that weird thing where I have to get up from the floor with everybody looking at me. Take some time this week to get alone from all of the distractions and just get with God and say, God, what's the the vision that you have for my life? What's the plan that you have for me? Ask and then listen. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, y'all know it. The Airbnb that we're staying at, Airbnb we're staying at, has it on the wall in a little like, cute little frame. They bought it like, what's that place? Mardell's. I don't know. They says, y'all know the verse that says this, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, "They're plans for good and not disaster to give you a hope and a future. So God has a good plan for us, but our job is to get to know that plan. It'll change how you hear the scripture when you realize that you have a job. God, what's the plan that you have for me? What's the vision that you have for me? What's the dream that you have for me? Our job is to get that plan. And as you spend time with the Lord, don't dream in your means. Don't dream for your life, dependent upon how much is in your bank account. Don't dream there. Don't dream based upon your education level. Don't dream there. Don't dream based upon the chaos in your family heritage. Don't dream there. Don't dream based in the pain that you've had to walk through. Don't dream there. Dream on. Dream on. You know what the church needs? Dreamers. You know what the kingdom of God needs? Dreamers. People that would dream that they could do audacious things for God. People that would dream that they could build a business, that could pay for campuses, for churches. Dream on. Pray for ministries to be birthed out of you that would blow people away. You have to dream on. The kingdom needs your dreams. You know the reason that Timber Creek has multiple campuses? What's up, Nack? What's up all the dudes of the prison that are watching this message? What's the other one? The Grove? The Groves? You know the reason that all of these other ministry opportunities campuses exist? Because your pastor had a dream. I don't know why he was going to Nacogdoches to buy a hamburger or something. I don't know. And you know what he thought? He thought, what if we put a campus here? What if your, what if turns into your, what is you can't get to what is without a, what if your pastor is a dreamer. Do you have a dream? If you don't have a dream, go get quiet with the Lord and say, God, speak to me about my dream. God, tell me what it is that you wanna do. Give me a new what if. What if your family was healthy? What if your marriage got restored? What what if your business grew? What if you didn't just come to church once a month and just kinda slip in and slip out? What if you really planted yourself? What if you really chased those health goals? What if you got a dream, a vision, hold on to it? Once you get the dream, then we ask God for the steps. So God, I got the dream, but what are the, what are the steps? What's the timeline? What's the plan? A a, a dream without a date, it never comes to pass. (laughs) A dream has to have a date for it to become a goal. Make some goals for yourself to get to the dream. It takes work y'all. Your pastor did not grow this church and build multiple campuses just because it was like the Holy Spirit, like it's hard work to attain a dream that God's put in your heart. And what I want for you is I want you to chase that dream. Isaiah 14, 27, it says this, the Lord of heaven's armies has spoken over your life. Who can change his plans when his hand is raised, who can stop him? God sits on the throne in heaven and he does as he pleases. He's going to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish in your life. And I want you to have a dream that he has for you. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for all the dreamers in the room. Lord, as they are wrestling internally with the dreams of the past and believing that they could have a dream for the future, Lord, I ask that you would speak to them this week that they would get alone in a quiet place and God, that you would speak and they would dream on believing that you have more for them. Speak to them. Let them know that their dream can affect the eternities of other people. Lord, I pray for anyone here who may not even know you. If there's anyone here that isn't even in a relationship with you at all, that they would know that you love them and that you care about them. As a matter of fact, let's do this. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. On the count of three, I want you to just raise your hand up and look up at me. I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you get out of your seat or nothing. It's you saying from your heart to God's heart, saying, hey God, I wanna get right with you. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short, but that through him, we can be forgiven and made new. So if you wanna get right with God today, on the count of three, raise up your hand. One, two, three. Yep, I see you right here, buddy. I see y'all in the front, all over the room, I see you, bro. In the back, my man, I see you put your hand up. I saw you early in the blue shirt, I see bro. Over here, all over the room, I see y'all. I see you in the front. Church, will you pray with me with all of our friends that are praying this prayer today? Everyone pray this prayer out loud. Say, dear God, forgive me my sin and come into my life. From this day forward, I'm off the throne and you're in charge. I believe you've forgiven me of my sins and that today you're coming into my life And because of your love, my best days, come on, my best days are still ahead of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, put your hands together for all of our friends that prayed that prayer this morning.